This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is the hardest decision that I've ever had to make, but it's one of the best decisions that I've had to make as well. To be in this position, to have the career that I've had, I can't do nothing but smile on it. So this decision is not easy. And I've asked myself why and why not and what and what not and all these things. And I've heard everything from my family to my fans around the world of what I should and shouldn't do. But I've always did things my way. Whether they've been good or whether they've been bad, I got here because I've done things the way that I feel is right for me and now right for my family. And what I feel is right, I feel is right to ask you guys to join me for one last dance for one last season. This is it. I've given this game everything that I have, and I'm happy about that. And I'm going to give it for one last season, everything else I have left. And when I walk away, I'm still going to love it. I'm still going to want to play it. I'm still going to miss the playoff moments. I'm still going to miss the crowd cheering my name. I'm still going to miss 20,000 booing for me. I say booing for me because that's what they're doing. But I ask y'all, let's enjoy it. Let's have some joy through this last season. Let's push this young team over the hump and let's write our own story to the end of this career together. Season 1-6, internally we call it Sweet 16. It's coming to an arena real soon. If you hadn't heard that yet, that was released on Sunday night from Dwayne Wade's Twitter account, roughly 10 p.m. Dwayne Wade makes the decision that he's returning to the Miami Heat for one season and one season only. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Whittingham. Chris and I knew that one of these emergency pods was coming. We didn't know that it was going to happen late on a Sunday night after the Dolphins had one of their best days in ages. But as I tweeted tonight, Chris, from the at five reasons sports account, Dwayne has been upstaging the Miami Dolphins since 2003. So this is really nothing new. And Dwayne gets the floor from us tonight. We'll obviously be posting an episode about the Dolphins win against the Jets here going forward, but this is the biggest news in this town because it is the biggest star in this town, even at age 36, deciding that he wants to play one more season for the Heat. Um, I did see him, Chris, on Friday night. I went to the sort of the second soft opening of the 800 degrees uh, pizza place. It's more than just a pizza place. It's kind of an upscale Anthony's is what I would call it, uh, that he's opening with Udonis Haslam and Aventura. We did not talk about basketball at all. We kind of joked about everything else, including my daughter making fun of me and all sorts of other things. But I will say this, Chris, he seemed really relaxed uh, on Friday night. And I mentioned that to a lot of different people. It didn't seem like basketball was really on his mind. And maybe it's because he'd already come to this conclusion because uh, clearly might've taken a couple days to put that video together. Um, we're going to play the rest of it here, Chris, at the very end of the episode. So we're going to start it from the beginning. It was around nine minutes we wanted to get to some of our commentary. It's quite first. a journey, wasn't it? It, it was. Uh, he took a while. I'll say this. Uh, you know, everybody talked about the decision and Jim Gray, but Dwayne, Dwayne almost made it to, to a full hour uh, there with this, <laughs> with this introduction. Um, and it is worth listening to. So we, we did put it at the back end of the pod and you can hear it there. But 
I'll get to some of my thoughts. I posted a lot of them on Twitter, but just Chris, your initial reaction to this. Yeah, and I feel like the video being 10 minutes and going through all these ups and downs and all these different trajectories does probably illustrate the thought process of Dwayne Wade. I feel like there is kind of a cynicism throughout this whole process of, well, how hard can this be? How hard can it be to decide either I want to retire or I want to keep playing? But I feel like all the thoughts that are kind of flying through his head that come out extemporaneously in this video kind of capture a man's legitimate conflict about whether or not he wants to go through traveling for six months a year and being away from his family and working hard and doing all the work that it takes for 36-year-old Dwayne Wade to be ready and is it worth it to play for a team that probably won't win the championship. So my sort of thought process, well, I saw the length of it, like 10 minutes, my goodness. uh, How much more do you have left to say other than I'm returning for my last season? Uh, But I think you kind of heard there from Dwayne just how difficult this was for him and how there was legitimate conflict. And I feel like a lot of people just kind of boiled it down to either you retire or you play and you could have decided this on July 1st but clearly it took Dwayne Wade stomping on grapes in Napa Valley and going on European vacations to really sort out his thoughts and talking to a lot of people and figuring out whether or not this is worth it for him I I can tell you this I I really think it makes this this upcoming year really interesting because I wouldn't have thought that the Heat would be a retirement tour kind of team. I think the Lakers kind of established that corner for themselves as we're going to be the team that treats our legends well. And as much as the Heat obviously are known for being a first-class organization and treating players well after retirement, this isn't really a team that you know is going to go on the road and get 29 gifts from 29 opponents as, uh, as Dwayne Wade makes his way around the country. But they're going to be that team this year. And I feel like that'll be the predominant narrative anytime he has a big moment in a big game. The game becomes about Dwayne Wade and I wouldn't have thought that he would be up for it but obviously they they offered him to come back and Dwayne Wade is sort of made it known this is my last year you will see an out and out retirement tour and has been noted in many places that that last home game against Philadelphia is already reselling for a massive dollar amount Dwayne Wade's last regular season home game is going to be an occasion obviously whenever that last playoff home game is will be an occasion as well presuming the Heat make the playoffs but yeah I think the, the 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 thought process was fascinating. The fact that it took him so long to finally make the decision and the fact now that the Heat are basically going to be predominantly oriented around a retirement tour this year. I, I find both of, the, both of those things really interesting. Yeah, and I think we can eliminate a couple of things here. Uh, clearly, China was never really in his thought process and clearly the Lakers were not either. So we, we always talked about there being four options for him. Play with the Heat, play in China, play with LeBron or retire. And I think he was only considering two during the entire process, um, because if he was laboring this much about whether to play in a place he lives, he wasn't going to the other end of the world to sign a three-year contract. So I think we can just sort of wipe that out. Uh, that wasn't going to happen. And going to chase a championship. And, and look, the Lakers are not playing for a championship this year, but going to play with LeBron in Los Angeles, not a possibility. So it came down to two things, Chris. And I think, you know, what it comes down to here, you talk about a retirement tour. You know, Dwayne told me repeatedly, repeatedly, uh, you know, privately, publicly, whatever, that he didn't want that. Uh, We we talked a lot about what Kobe did, and he didn't want that. And so I don't know that it's going to resemble that. Um, You know, I don't think Dwayne has the profile, and he knows it. He doesn't have the profile that Kobe does from a national perspective. I mean, he's you know, arguably the third best shooting guard of all time. And Kobe is regarded as the second, but, but I do but, think. But is, it, but is it about that? Or is it about the fact that, you know, frankly, a marketing standpoint, if you're 
you know, an opponent of the Heat, if you're the Denver Nuggets and the Heat are coming to town, you kind of make it about Dwayne Wade, don't you? And I feel like he does have enough kind of cachet to, for it to be not necessarily up to Dwayne. And, and that's kind of my curious thing when you say that he wasn't up for a retirement tour is that it's not really Dwayne's decision. It's really about the opponents and what the Heat decide to do and, and how far they take this. Well, it is, but it is his decision to a degree. If he's not really game for it, I, I don't think other organizations will do it as publicly. Like, there's not going to be rocking chairs like there was for Kareem. Like, that, that's not going to happen here. Um, yeah, you mentioned Denver. I don't know if it'll be Denver. Dwayne spurned them a couple of years ago. But, yeah, who knows? Um, I, I mean, there's... I mean, I mean there, there's other places. I mean, we'll see how that goes in Chicago or Cleveland, right? Like those two stops didn't go all that well. Um, but, I, I, you know, when you look at his situation, uh, and again, it's something that, that he didn't really want to be sort of celebrated in that way. But you talk about the Heat's position on this, and they were stuck in sort of a weird place. Um, and so I, I sort of understand where they were. Okay, on one hand, as I've said before on the pod, I, I know people inside there uh, who have told me that ticket sales were slow. Um, much slower than usual. And there's a lot of people that I've talked to who are just fans who had ticket renewals that were coming up a year from now and were not going to be renewing. And so I, I do feel from a marketing standpoint, you go beyond the merchandise, but just filling the building in any significant way uh, that this will help. And I feel like an idiot because I had a hunch that this was going to happen, probably should have bought up some seats uh, before it happened, but I guess that would be insider trading, right? So I guess it's better that I didn't. Uh, but, but with... But with that being, you know, I don't work for a newspaper anymore. But with with that being said, um, you know, I, they were in a strange position here because I, I don't think they wanted a, a farewell tour. I, I agree with you on that. It's not what they do. And at the same time, I feel like they need him right now because they're 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 stuck in between. They have interesting young players that the fans like but don't really know what they are yet. Right. Like, except our guys, justice better, right? Like at Miami heat beat, like the rest of the fan base is like, okay, Josh Richardson's a nice player. We still think justice has potential. Bam showed some things last year. Okay. But you're not building. And and even then, like that's your hardcore, hardcore basketball fan. That's going to be with you no matter what your casuals that are filling the lower bowl are not particularly intrigued by young players developing. They're interested in, what the Miami Heat scene has been for as long as Pat Riley has been here, which is we compete for championships, we play in big games, we play in big stages, we are relevant. I don't think this Heat team has any of that. Well, I, that that was the big issue. And the older players that they have or the more veteran players are, are all signed to contracts that the fans don't like. So, I, you know, even if they might like the player, they don't like the contract. And I feel a couple of those guys like Tyler, for instance, who I think is liked by the fans, but the contract has changed the narrative on him. You know, Hassan's a little bit of a different deal. And James Johnson, I don't feel like they know that well yet. And Dion, you know, was not available all last year. So you, you kind of have this issue where you needed Dwayne his star power uh, to sell tickets this year and to buy them some time until they figure out how to, how to get out of the mess that they made a summer ago. And, and that's really where they are. And so, uh, you know, I, I think they needed him more than he needed them at this stage. I think that's I what comes across. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that comes across in the video. Like I, I not, not that he's doing them a favor, but this sort of mends all of the fences, isn't he? Well, he is, but it mends all the fences, Chris, because sure. basically if, if you had any issues about the way that he left for Chicago or going to join LeBron in Cleveland, I mean, this is by my count the fifth time he's taken less money than he could. Now, I'm not saying that some other team is going to offer him you know, more than like part of the mid-level, but he probably could have gotten something like that somewhere else, I, I believe. He certainly okay. could have made more in China. 
He could have made a lot more in China, and he's certainly worth a lot more than two point four million to the Heat. I mean, oh, he's God, worth, yeah, he's worth. I mean, four or five times I, that. I, I almost, I almost wish that there was like a way in which each NBA team could have a slot uh, that didn't count against the cap, but they can kind of pay whatever you want because there isn't a dollar amount that Dwayne Wade isn't worth to the Heat, particularly in a retirement season where there's scarcity, right? So now a Heat fan's going into the season thinking, I've got, I've got 41 chances at a minimum left to see Dwayne Wade play basketball. That scarcity is going to make that building really fun to be at this year just because I feel like there's going to be that level of appreciation that I don't think you really get a chance to see. And I think that's one of the cool things about there being a retirement season is that you get to put aside salary cap implications. You get to put aside the future. You get to put aside basketball considerations and just be appreciative of a player who's probably been, at the very least, one of the two best athletes in the history of the city, if not the best athlete in the history of the city, and I feel like that level of appreciation just doesn't happen in sports very often. No, it doesn't. And you're right. I mean, they should have a slot like that for guys like Dirk or like Tim Duncan right. and others who, I, who for other teams had to take less money to stick around. And now Dwayne has taken less money again at the very end, you know, $2.4 million. And he's also saved them a lot of money on the luxury tax. And, you know, he's he's given them an opportunity for Andy and Pat to work something out before the end of the season to clear out someone, okay, whether it's Dion or whether it's Tyler or, or, or Hassan, somebody, or James Johnson, somebody who clears out some money so that they can get under the tax, which I know that they want to do. So uh, he's made it easy for them. And like I said, they, he needed them less than they needed him. And so I, I just don't think there can be any hard feelings at all if there were any anymore after he came back last year. I feel like a lot of that evaporated. But there still were some whispers, Chris. There were people out there this offseason who were like, does he want more money? Does he want more years? What's he holding out for? You know, is he holding the franchise hostage? Are they going to get asked at media day about him instead of about the direction of the team? I mean, now he's kind of done right by everybody. And they've done right by Udonis, bringing him back for another year when he's likely not going to play a ton of minutes. And I know that was important to Dwayne. That was a big issue for Dwayne. It's been a big issue for Dwayne for the last three or four years. And so I, I just think everybody feels good about this. Like I said, the other day he was relaxed. Uh, we're going to get into the basketball implications you know, a little bit later. But but again, from a franchise perspective, Evan Cohen made a point here uh, on Twitter, Evan Cohen from ESPN and West Palm. And, and Evan follows the team very closely, as you know. And Evan made the point that this does buy them time to figure things out because they failed this offseason again, right? Like they, they not not failed to get other players. There wasn't really an option, but they failed to clear anything out. OK, so. I was going back on this, Chris, like you can make a case. I, and some of our guys at Heat Beat challenged me on this because they said you can make a case they had a good offseason in 2015. OK, um, the year after LeBron left that they because they, they had a good draft, right? They had, uh, you know, they drafted Richardson, they drafted Winslow. And so it looked a little better. But you can make a case they haven't had a really good offseason since 2012. OK, since they added Ray Allen like that. That's the right. last time they had a really good offseason. And the year before where they added Shane Battier and then obviously the year before, uh, where they, you know, where they had that LeBron guy. Yeah, LeBron and, and Bosch. Well, yeah, right, those two guys. And they retained Chalmers. That was that was bigger. The big one. But uh, well, well, actually, he was still under contract. But um, yeah, they haven't had good offseason in a long time. And, you know, I'm, we're, I'm watching the Dolphins today. And I think you and I both agreed the Dolphins had a good offseason this past offseason. And that's kind of playing out like everything the Dolphins did this offseason so far has worked. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the when five, everyone thought that it was a flaming disaster, that it was well, a, well, a tire fire say, letting would, their big names go. Well, I would say everyone. I would say the national media that didn't pay any attention. I, the, our, the guys in our network, you liked it. I liked it. Three yards per carry liked it. 
Uh, all three of those guys liked it. I think others in our network liked it because if you knew the team, you understood the the three guys they were losing could all be replaced and that they were picking up guys who fit better at a lower cost. And all of those guys have played well and then sit and got hurt. He's the only one that, uh, you know, you're not really going to know about this year, but the other four primary guys were critical in them winning today. So uh, the, the, the heat have not, you know, for all the talk about the heat and Riley and all the rest, they haven't had a good off season like that in a long time. And this kind of salvages the off season to a certain degree, right? It just extends last year. You see if everybody's healthy. And so it is a feel-good moment. And so it's a good day for the Heat when you have not had a lot of good days lately. And it buys them some time, as Evan said, to try to clean out something, okay? You know, and I want to get to the basketball stuff after we go to this break because that's a big part of this to me. Uh, but, But that's what it does for them. People will be excited for opening night. And I think Dwayne can still play. That's the other thing. Like, he was the only guy during the playoffs that was a plus. Now I know it's a five game sample size, but he was the only guy on the team that was a plus. Um, he wasn't a plus necessarily during the season, but he had enough moments. And I, you know, th- there were a couple of sort of tweets out there today. It's kind of tweet. I thought you might send, but you did not. Uh, there were a couple of <laughs> tweets out there today about, I was, I, I was lucky to be working. I, well, right. Exa- well, the, the, the question was whether it would be you or Nikias that would be the one to send out. Nikias, <laughs> Nikias held his fire, and I'm looking on Twitter right now. I put up a poll. I said, who's going to be the first in our network to reign on the Wade Parade? And I believe Nikias had 47%. You had 40 and Christian Hernandez of Heat Beat, the Maple Rick, had 13 So I, you're, you're not winning that poll. I'm but jealous. Nik- yeah, Nikias is winning. But there was somebody who put it out there who said, I can't wait till Dwayne is uh, you know, 12, you know, 12 points, 4 assists, and shooting 37%, and you know, has one good game, and everybody says he's still got it. Um, he's not, he didn't shoot 37% last year. Like I, you know, what, what did he shoot? He was in the forties, right? He yeah. was like, but, but I guess, I guess the question is, is it out of the realm of possibility that it falls off that quickly? Because it does right in the NBA. It does. Now, I don't think the heat really allow that to happen just based off their conditioning program. And you'd imagine if Dwayne is going to come back, he's not going to certainly be lazy about it, but it's not, it's happened before where even all time greats don't look the same one year to the next one off season to the next and is it out of the realm that in a year in which he was considering retirement that it, you know maybe he wasn't necessarily putting in the same level of work that he would in an average offseason? I mean, it's possible. I, I don't think that it's probable. I, I, don't, I don't think the Heat really allow that stuff to happen. But, I mean, aging is a man. Like, it, it, it can happen in, in this kind of a scenario where you think that, you know, Dwayne Wade off a good playoff performance, he's going to come back and have at least a decent season in his final year. But a, aging happens, and it's unrelenting. And I, I wouldn't say that it's likely to happen, and I don't think it will happen, but it could. It could, and we've seen it happen. Uh, I, you know, to me, the best example is Allen Iverson, uh, who was who led the league in scoring at age 32 and was cooked by 34. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does happen. But a, a couple of things here. Dwayne's taking better care of his body than Allen Iverson. I mean, you know, you know, he had a few glasses of wine the other night, um, but he, he didn't start drinking even until like two years ago. Um, and, and he has generally taken better care of his body than than Iverson did, who was notorious for showing up to shoot around, you know, you know, <laughs> smelling like bit, tequila. Yeah, a little bit out there. I mean, that's the whole, you know, I mean, that's I mean, that was the home court advantage that the Heat had. Right. Where where Iverson <laughs> missed every single shoot around that he was ever at, you know, in Miami after South Beach. I mean, Dwayne hasn't done that. So that's a big part of this. Uh, but also, I, I did see him the other night, and he looked good. Like, mm-hmm. he, he didn't look – I mean, I you know, I've seen him enough 
over the last 15 years to know when he's out of shape. I mean, it doesn't mean he's in heat basketball shape, but he's thin. I mean, he's thin. He's not, he, he does not look, there have been sometimes he's come to camp and he, you can tell he's about 10 to 15 pounds above where he should be. And that was a big issue for Pat. I don't know what his body fat is, but, but he's not out of shape. I mean, Udonis is my God. I mean, if you, if you Ridiculous. think of, uh, I mean, if you think of what, I mean, Udonis can't keep weight on anymore. Like I, if you go back to Udonis when he came into the league, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, just or even you know, is obviously a second or third. How year hard he Florida. works to play? What it like last year was like seventy four minutes. Like uh, how hard he works to be in that level of shape when he knows he's not going to play very much is incredible to me. I don't have I don't have the discipline in normal scenarios, but in a scenario in which I meant to be working as if I'm a thirty five minute a game player and I'm not going to play and I'm still going to look like that. Like his commitment to the cause is unreal to me. No, it is. And, 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 you know, but that's him. That's his whole personality. And, you know, he's driven Dwayne to a certain degree over the past few years to sort of get get that way also. And so I, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. I just think they have to use him properly. After the break, we're going to get into some of that and sort of the ways that they may do that. But I don't think it's going to be Iverson. I don't think it's going to be Pippen back in Chicago. I don't think it's going to be Ewing in Seattle. I mean, there's a lot of examples, man. Like, mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, there are a lot of examples of guys who just looked cooked. I mean, you know, even it's funny. You know, I, I think of Gary Payton with the Heat, right? Like, it, he was just before he hit the edge there, right? Like, he was yeah. not great that year, but he made the one shot. And then after that, it kind of went at, you know, the other direction, he ended up bouncing around to ball. I mean, people don't even remember where Gary Payton ended his career. Shaq, right? I mean, Shaq, Shaq in Cleveland, yeah. Shaq, Shaq in Cleveland, Shaq in Boston. Like people forget he was mm -hmm. in Boston. Um, so it does. You're right. It happens quickly. But Dwayne has reinvented his game so many times that I, I just I, I don't I don't know that he's going to go from where he was. You know, last year, the type of game he had game two against Philadelphia to not being able to play at all. I, I don't think you saw those signs last year. I think you just saw signs of a guy who needs to be managed. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think they can do that. But after the break, we're going to get into how. We'll get back to the episode here in a second, but want to introduce you to another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. As Dwayne Wade has learned through the ups and downs with the Miami Heat, every athlete needs a good team around him. The same is true for those in business. That's why more small to mid-sized businesses in South Florida are choosing Greenlight Tech, the full-service concierge IT company that absolutely every time gets it right. Greenlight Tech advises, monitors, supports, and keeps your important data backed up and secure. They will even manage your vendors for you. Call Greenlight Tech at 561-325-9997. That's 561-325-9997. Nine 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 seven. Mention this ad and you get a free assessment. Sign up and your first month is free. Be unstoppable. Greenlighttech.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by Doral Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models. Whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified and pre-owned vehicle, Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is available for credit-related issues. Also, if you mention five reasons, when you call 305-680-1129 or come in, you will work with a dedicated manager, not a salesman. 
Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. And now, back to the Dwayne Wade conversation. All right, Chris, now let's get back to the Dwayne discussion and specifically the basketball part of this because I, I, I put something again on Twitter tonight, a bit of a thread uh, over at Five Reasons Sports, kind of getting into sort of the framework of this decision and how it affects uh how it affects the heat. And, and like I said, there's, this is a no lose situation uh, for the heat. I mean, they, they, they had to do this. Um, if you, if Dwayne's willing to play for you for the minimum and you say, no, that's not a good look, uh, particularly with, you know, what the franchise has done the past couple of years. So they, they needed to, to change that whole dynamic. So let's get into how much he'll actually play. Now I know there's been some stuff out there. Uh, there was a report on basketball talk, which was a total clickbait garbage piece about, uh, I guess taking a Greg Cody line out of context and saying that Dwayne had insisted on starting when Cody actually writes, he had not insisted on starting. So I know some people got fooled by that one. I've not heard anywhere that he has demanded to start. Um, he did accept a bench role when he came back to Miami. I know it's something that over the course of his career, he kind of bristled at, but he, unlike Carmelo has bought into that, but here's where they are at two guard right now. He's the fifth highest paid two guard on the roster. <laughs> Okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, um, he's the he's the fifth highest paid two guard. Uh, I'm just going to give you some numbers here. Uh, let me see if I can find these here on the thread, which which I had thrown up here. Um, basically, what I've said about the Heat's roster and salary chart is you basically could turn their salary chart upside down, and it would roughly correlate to the value to the franchise. Um, oh no. There, it would, it would, it would, it would do it, do it. I mean, okay. seriously. The guys they're trying to get rid of are their most highly paid guys. Okay. I'm not saying that they're worse guys, but just just do it to the inverse. Okay. And I'm not saying Rodney Magruder is their most valuable player, but but the rest of it, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the guys that they want to dump, okay, Hassan, Tyler, uh, Dion, JJ, they're all making north of 10 million this year. Um, and and their other guys are not. Here's the two guard salaries on the team. Tyler Johnson at 192. I, that, I just, that, I keep, that number gets never gets less insane. It oh is an insane god. dollar amount. Oh my god! Uh, Dion Waiters eleven six. Um, I, as I've said repeatedly here on the pod and on Twitter, I've heard he's not going to be ready um, for camp. So you know, we're what are we ten days out? I've, I've um, heard similar things as well. Yep. Yeah, I think you told me visually, and I I, uh, mm-hmm. I checked it out with a couple people, and they were like, "There's no way." Basically, that that was what I was told. There's wow. no way. Uh, Josh Richardson, $9.3 million. Uh, that's a fair contract, uh, really good value. But, but right. But again, he, he's, he, he should be playing this position, but mm-hmm. he can't because, uh, there's others. Wayne Ellington, six, three for one year. Again, I like the contract. Uh, we're gonna have, probably your, your best three point shooter by a fair amount. Uh, by a fair amount. Yes. Uh, actually we're going to have Wayne on the pod here with us uh, later this week. So we're not just set. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, he's he's a great interview, and and uh, we're not just saying that because we're having him on the pod. We we said it when they signed him. I I, I like that deal. Dwayne Wade two point four, Rodney Magruder one point five. So Tyler's making more than Richardson, Ellington, Wade, and Magruder combined. Crazy. I'm just gonna let that sit there. Yeah. I mean, and then and 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 then and then Dion uh, at eleven six. But so here's here are the issues as I see them. Okay. Uh, one is now Josh Richardson is definitely a three, right? Like, I mean, there's no way you can put him at the two for any. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. 
A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Extended minutes. So Which is I, fine. I, I mean, it's, it's all semantics anyway, and it's not like... It's not like your guard. It's not like a bygone era where you're guarding guys who are six nine who are playing the three. Like for the most part, you're playing guys of similar size. No, that, that's true. That's true. But Riley did say. I mean, Riley said it, not me. He said yes. he's a two, uh, and 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 they did not accomplish enough to allow him to play that position this year. So that's just not going to happen. Do you so, fault? Do you fault them for it? Do you fault the Heat for I not being them able for 2017? Oh, right. Obviously, but I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying this off season, like well, I'm, no, I'm there's fa- nothing I'm they fine. could do. Like I saw, uh, I think it was tweeted to you. And I somehow it ended up in my mentions where it was like an NBA TV graphic of like off season for every mm-hmm. team, and it was additions none, subtractions none. Like I feel like that's probably the right move. You don't want to be giving away first round picks, and I, it felt like the Heat didn't really want to do a salary dump, so they roll it back again. Right. No, this summer was not the problem. Last summer was the problem. Um, yeah. And so I mean that that's what put them in this position. All right. So. Um, so when you look at the situation, you say Josh Richardson's not going to play the two. He's going to be a three. Uh, I'm, I'm saying Winslow's a one or a four, basically. I mean, that's, I mean, that's justice is going to play some backup point and he's going to play some, some backup four behind James Johnson, maybe he starts ahead of James Johnson eventually, but that's where he is. So I'm not including him on this list. Uh, Ellington's not going to be a starter no matter what, but you want to try to get him 20 minutes because you don't know the night that he's going to get hot and he's probably going to play some minutes late. So for right now, if Dion is not ready for the start of the season, your options to start at the two are Dwayne Wade or Tyler Johnson. And one's making 19.2 million and the other's making 2.4 million. And the but, fans are gonna and the fans are gonna go nuts if the guy who's making two point four is not the starter. Well, so I mean, it was it was kind of like you would have thought that the fans would react negatively, but it did also kind of work out that he kind of got his own little ovation to himself at, at like at the six minute mark of every first quarter of every game. Now, here's Dwayne Wade. Like it's sort of like I I don't know if necessarily the fans are gonna go crazy if he doesn't start, but certainly he is the name on the marquee. He is the box office draw, and so you would think you'd want to start that guy but i i understand why eric spolster wouldn't want to have to take that in consideration but here's the other issue so i don't think that they will force feed tyler minutes to trade him because i think what is valuable about tyler 
is the contract expiring after you know the season after yeah. this one? And that and that's why and that's why when you said earlier that Dwayne Wade being here buys them a year. That's what it buys them. It buys them. Okay, we we have to eat this year because we don't want to do a salary dump, but we feel like we can be a player next offseason once a lot of these contracts that we don't feel great about become expiring, and we can figure out a way to move off of twenty five million for Hassan and nineteen million for Tyler Johnson. If we can move off of that on an expiring deal, then we can feel good about it, particularly in an offseason where it seems like a lot of teams are going to be getting off of their 2016 terrible contracts. Right. Yes, exactly. It buys them time. But I don't think they have to force feed Tyler minutes. Now, I do think they're going to want to force feed Dion minutes. I, mm. I do. Um, and for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, one is, uh, you know, I feel like they have to show he's healthy before they can trade him. And so if he comes back and he can get anywhere near, even if it's in more limited minutes, anywhere near that two month stretch that convinced them to give him four years in the first place, they're going to try to do that. And that's where the conflict comes in for me and why I, I still think if Dion was healthy, there would be a chance they could try to move him in the next week. Okay, I'm not sure where, and I know people are going to talk about Jimmy Butler. And obviously as we release this pod, Butler's supposed to meet with Tibbs up in Minnesota to discuss his future. I don't know why Minnesota would have interest in Dion waiters, but I mean, who knows? Okay. I don't know if he forces a trade. I know Heat fans are getting all excited about this, but I just saw Butler, you know, liked Wade's Instagram post. And, and he just uh, he just posted a picture of Dwayne Wade on his Instagram. This is currently in our five reasons DM string as we speak. Jimmy Butler posts on Instagram. This is going to be one hell of a dance at Dwayne Wade. It's a picture of Dwayne Wade at American Airlines Arena. So Jimmy Butler putting the feelers out there. Yeah, not even yeah, being is. subtle about it. He is. But of course, that Butler Wade team, you know, well, maybe they might have won a first round series if Rondo hadn't gotten hurt, but they did get bounced in the first round also. But anyway, so I think they're going to have to force feed uh, Dion some minutes. And and the problem with that is if you want Dwayne to be the backup point in a lot of situations and give Goran a break so that Goran can play 32 to 34 and you can separate Dwayne and Goran a little bit because we know that's been a bit of a struggle at times over the course of, of Goran's time here with Dwayne. Um, and you're you're not going to play Winslow in that role, let's say, as much as maybe you would have. The problem is you're going to have to play Wade with Wade or some, and that's not going to work. It's just not going to work. I mean, I you know, I mean, our our guy Nakias Duncan uh, from Heatbeat, and I know people think he's a little too negative on this situation, but Nakias is as good as we have, okay, in terms of analyzing this stuff. And I mean, his word for that was disaster. So <laughs> I, I just I, I just don't. It's just not going to work. I mean, I, you know, it, it's, I mean, you have two guys who are at their best with high usage. Uh, it's, it's not a good fit. And, you know, Dion has become a better three point shooter, but you still don't have the kind of spacing that you'd want there. Uh, it's just, again, and defensively that would not work either at all. So I, I that's what, I don't know what Spolster is going to do here. And that's why I, I do think with Dwayne signing, it does lend a little credence to, okay, maybe there is something else coming here over the next week, or maybe if not over the next week, maybe over the next two to three months so that they can clean some of this out. Because I just don't know who the best option for Dwayne to play with is like uh, Dragic, you know, again, we've seen it's gotten better at times, but it's not ideal, not good with waiters and not, that's not going to work. He's played some with Tyler. Um, I guess that could work if they're both kind of playing a combo guard situation, but it's just, again, not a, not a ton of great options. I guess he could play some with Ellington because Ellington can space for him. But how do you see that playing out? I mean, I, I always kind of just imagine that there's going to be a finite amount of minutes 
And for me, the Dion thing when he comes back is going to be really hard. You definitely know that Rodney Magruder is not going to play. But for me, how do you how do you split up? Basically, you want to say ninety six minutes of a position. Maybe you throw in an extra ten, you get to one hundred and six between five six guys. I, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, my my prediction is that Dwayne Wade's going to come off the bench and probably play a fair amount with Wayne Ellington. But then that's a defensive consideration that's hard to work out. I I don't know how. Yeah, I think Eric Spolster's got a real job in his hands, particularly when Deion Waiters comes back. And how you work out a crunch time five, I don't know. Is Deion Waiters and, and, and Dwayne Wade in it together? I think it really does come down to if those two guys can play together. If Dwayne Wade and Deion Waiters can, can play any amount of minutes together without the offense getting too clogged up, without an inability to defend, and that's something we haven't seen yet. And I'm kind of looking forward to it because it is kind of the lineup combination that can really unlock this team looking a bit better than we might expect, but that's what it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be Dwayne Wade and Deion Waiters playing together. It's going to have to be Dwayne Wade and Tyler Johnson playing together. That's a bit more complimentary, but it's going to have to be combinations and trios of very small lineups if you're going to get everyone the amount of minutes that, frankly, their salaries deserve, and in Dwayne Wade's case, what he's here for deserves. The problem with it, of course, is that this is a league where you have wings. Uh, you know, I know you said there's not a lot of wings for a 6'9", but there's a lot of two guards that are 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, sure. And one of the, the Heat's issues is they can't switch anything. Like, uh, the really good teams in this league can switch stuff. And how are you going to switch with a bunch of six, three, six, four guys like that? That's the problem with this roster, in my opinion. And that's why, you know, that's why the option of having justice play some point is attractive because at least it gives you another six, seven guy. I don't just is not a true six, seven, but at least it gives you a guy with longer arms and Goron uh, to play defensively. I, I just don't know how it works they just have to clear someone out, man. Like I, it's just, it's not going to work. I mean, I know you say you're curious to see weighted waiters together. Uh, some of the guys at our network would say, you're just like sort of a masochist about that. Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't see it. I, I know, you know, that Dion wanted to be Dwayne and he called himself Kobe Wade in college and that he's talked about wanting to play with Dwayne and all the rest, but I, I it's just, it's, it's not a personal thing. It's just a basketball fit. It's just not, and Dwayne has found ways to play with just about everybody, and he's adjusted his game. But I cannot think of a worse fit for him uh, in terms of style than Deion Waiters. He's never played with somebody like that, okay, who needs the ball that much, is not particularly high efficiency, right, and, and not only needs it but holds it. Um, that, that, you know, like I was surprised by the Waiters-Dragic thing working as well as it did. But I, so maybe I'll be surprised again, but I just, I just don't see it. And then you get to the other question here, which you've kind of mentioned a little bit, but it's not just about who plays throughout the game. It's who closes, sure. right? So, so I was looking at some of the closing lineups that are options for them. You know, a lot of their best lineups, uh, you know, had like Bam and Olenek together. Okay. Now that's not going to happen down the stretch. I'm not even including Hassan in this conversation until, you know, he sort of proves to Spolster he, he belongs to play down the stretch. So I think that the down-the-stretch lineup is going to always include Dragic, Richardson, and Olenek, okay, um, for spacing. Even though Goran, we know, kind of retreats to the corner at times, I think he'll be on the floor. So those three, to me, are a given. I, I, if you're not playing Josh Richardson down the stretch, you're blocking his progress at this mm -hmm. point. He has to play down the stretch of games. He has to sort of play up to those moments, which is something that didn't really happen when Dwayne came back. So who are the other two guys? Is it uh, Do you go with... Okay, it, okay, it's going to be Dwayne, right? If Dwayne yeah. is right, and and so it's going to be Dwayne. So the fifth is going to be who? Ellington, James okay, Johnson. You need, 
well, if it's Ellington, if you need the shooting, but then you're tiny, right? Sure. Uh, it's waiters was, that was what he did best, right? During mm-hmm. 2016. But can you put a lineup out there of Dragic, waiters, Wade, and Richardson with Olenek? You're, I mean, and, and Olenek isn't even the best defensive big in the world to begin with. So right. that, that that's almost a, except for Richardson, a, a group of entirely minus defenders. Right. And so, okay. And so, all right. So let's say you put James Johnson out there. Okay. So you put James Johnson out there to have one versatile physical defender out there with Olenek, with Richardson. Then you're choosing between Dwayne and Dion because you can't play both. Uh, with Goran, unless you're going to play Dwayne and Dion together instead of Goran. And again, I think not a great option. So Eric's got some difficult decisions, man. There's there's no or, lineup. Or Pat Riley has to make a trade to make this decision easier. And and that, that might be the best option. Now, I think it's been well reported that the Heat don't want to move any of their young players. But it's, somebody has to move because there's just there's way too much of a logjam there. And I would say the favorite would probably be Goran Dragic. Like, as much as, you know, obviously the Kawhi trade was well discussed, but I feel like Goran to San Antonio made a ton of sense to me just in terms of where they're at with the point guard position and generally what they value at that position. But it feels like Goran right now is the valuable, the most valuable asset you'd be willing to part with. And I feel like he's going to have to be the linchpin in a trade that makes this decision easier because this team is asking for a trade. The the thing is, and this is what we've talked about over and over again, is that right now the Heat have a three-for-one roster. There is a three-for-one trade out there. The problem is is that you've paid these guys so much money that a three-for-one trade costs you like $30 to $35 million. And so it's just not available. And so... I don't know how the Heat end up solving this problem, but a trade or a major coaching a coaching decision are going to be the things that settle it. And the big problem here, too, is if they don't make a trade, I mean, I haven't mentioned Whiteside down the stretch. We haven't mentioned Tyler down the stretch. So you're talking about $46 million sitting on your bench in the last five minutes all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if if you don't have Dion, you're talking about another $11 million. So you're up to 56 million mm-hmm. and then James Johnson, you're talking another 15. You're talking potentially $71 million sitting on your bench. If you're going to play the guys who you probably should be playing. Okay. Along with Dwayne to get the experience in those situations. Like you're at the stage now where justice should be the fifth guy, right? Like justice should be playing in those situations. And what extension do you have on the cards for him as well? Because you'd imagine right. that if the Heat decide to make that decision to, to, to bring him back, that's another double-digit million salary. Right. So he needs to play down the stretch. And so maybe it is moving Goron, but the problem with that is, uh, A, it makes you worse this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you care about that, it makes you worse. And secondarily, I, I don't think they're going to get more than a second-round pick for him because the problem is not that he's not a good player, not that he's not still effective, that he takes care of his body, does all those things. But the problem with Goran at, at this stage is most of the really good teams have point guards already. True. So, so, so you mentioned San Antonio. Now, they really like Murray. Now, I, I know he was not especially efficient, but they like him. And so are you going to progress stop him with Goran Dragic? Maybe. Maybe you play the, the two of them together a little bit. You don't have Danny Green anymore. So maybe Goran plays a little bit of two. That's possible. But you, you look at the rest of the teams, like the good teams. Boston doesn't need a point guard. Toronto doesn't need a point guard, right? Philadelphia doesn't need a point guard. I mean, they could use a player with Dragic's skill set, but he's not going to be handling the ball a lot there. Then go to West. Houston doesn't need a point guard, okay? Uh, Golden State does not need 
a point guard. Oklahoma City does not need a point guard. Um, Utah, maybe, right? Utah, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, although Rubio had a pretty good year for them. And last. Mitchell is kind of their ball handler, even if he's not their point guard. Right. So, so who, who, which of the teams that is competing for anything this year needs a point guard? None of them. Washington, I mean, they're on the fringe in the East of contention, right? They don't need a point guard either. Uh, Indiana upgraded a little bit at that position. I mean, that was one place I thought could be a fit for Goran, uh, but they did upgrade a little bit, at least with the backup situation. They have Collison there. So I, I just I don't know what you're going to get for him unless it's a team that just views him as a combo guard off the bench, which he's better than. But on those teams, they're not going to turn the turn the keys over to him. So they're, they're stuck, man. Like I, I, I know, again, our, our, as we're doing this, I, as we're taping this, our guys are freaking out on the DM string about Jimmy Butler posts. Uh, you know, talking about who know who's got a saucy nugget about where Dwayne, where Jimmy Butler's going. If Pat pulls that, I mean, what is he going to pull that off with? Yeah. Uh, what, what is he? What is? I mean, it's all the young. It's all the young players. I mean, that's really the only choice that the that the Heat have is throw all the young players into a trade and see if the other team's interested. And you look at Minnesota's situation, like okay, so they've extended Wiggins, right? So. Winslow and Wiggins are not a fit together at all. Yeah. So like that, that's not an option. I mean, maybe Josh Richardson, you look at him as kind of Jimmy Butler light, I guess at this stage mm-hmm. and, and anything Goron's an upgrade on Jeff Teague. Right. So perhaps you do. Yeah. Teague and Goron together would give you 48 good minutes at the point guard position. So, but uh, you know, they, they, they like Tyus Jones too, but yeah, they're, uh, they're in, they're, they're in a mess. Um, and so what Dwayne basically is, is a band aid to me. Uh, you know, he's a Band-Aid. I think this is a team that probably was going to win between 42 and 44 games anyway. And I think they're probably still going to win 42 to 44 games. And I think they're probably still going to get make the playoffs. And I think they're probably still going to get bounced by Boston, Philadelphia or Toronto. I mean, I just I think that's where they are. I think you agree with me. So I don't think it, I don't think it's a it's a franchise changing day for the Heat. But I think it's something that needed to happen because otherwise it's a, nar- it's a narrative changing day. It's right. a it, it's a make this season about something else instead of us talking about you know all these basketball problems that they have and their building problems that they have and and all the things that have gone wrong with their off seasons we're talking about Dwayne Wade on a retirement tour and I feel like that's going to be the dominant storyline of the season. Yep. So let's get to the rest of Dwayne. You've listened to us enough. Um, this is a nine minute uh, video. If you have not heard it yet, there are a few pauses in here because uh, Dwayne. Uh, this was pretty dramatic actually. Um, and I mean, he he has tons. He's done some commercials at this stage. Um, he's, <laughs> he's done some acting and it was interesting. Um, and, and like I, I what I do agree with you on this, Chris, is he clearly labored over it. Uh, no question sure. about that. That comes across uh, in the video. And so we're going to play this for you now. When you first come in the league, the best tell you, they say, young fella, it's going to go by fast. You think at that time. I'm just getting started. As I, as I stand here today, September 16th, roughly 1.15 p.m., I'm here to tell you, it goes by fast. It's been a tough summer. This has been a summer for me that not a lot of athletes want to see this time come where you have to decide if you want to continue to play the game that you love, continue to play the game that you played for, for me, 31 years, since I was five. Or if you want to 
walk away. If you want to do something else, if you want to clear the path and let the next generation come. And it's a lot of emotions that go with that. You ask yourself so many questions. You're like, can I physically do it? Can I physically get out of bed every day to do this? Can I deal with every step hurting in the morning? Can I deal with the travel? Can I be away from my family? Is it selfish of me wanting to continue to be away from my family? Can I miss my son games? Can I miss my son? Can I not be there in moments that they need me? Can I not read to my kids as much as I want? Can I not be there to support my wife? It's all these things, and these things to you guys may seem small, but to me, they're real. I feel like my family have put me first for so many years, for good reasons. But I feel like it comes a point in time where we all gotta think about someone else, and especially the ones around you that have supported you, supported your dreams, supported your journey, like my family have. I'll give you all a quick run through of my life. A lot of you guys see me as a three-time champion, a 12-time all-star, an a Olympic gold medalist. But what y'all didn't see is y'all didn't see that kid that no one seen because he was small, because he couldn't shoot as good as everybody else, because he wasn't athletic as everybody else, because he was from the inner city of Chicago, because he lived in a town called Robbins, Illinois. Y'all didn't see that person. Y'all didn't see the grind. Y'all didn't see the, the tears. Y'all didn't see the moments where it just looked like it, it wouldn't happen. So everybody have these ideas of who I supposed to be and what I supposed to be and how I supposed to be it. I didn't have those ideas. I just had a dream of, of being in the NBA. And man, as I sit here 15 years later, How did I end up having a career and a life so far in this game of basketball that I've had? I didn't play varsity until my junior year. I wasn't good enough to play because I didn't play. I had three scholarship offers to go to school. Three and a half, I had a partial one to another school. I had to sit out my first year when I went to college. I couldn't play. I got drafted fifth in the NBA draft in 2003, but it wasn't about me. But I worked. I believed. I believed that if I put the work in, if I laid it all out there, if I gave everything to this game, I can walk away from this game with my head up high. And people along the way, along this journey, told me, young fella, you can't keep playing that way. You can't keep playing that way. You're not going to last long. And maybe they right. Maybe they was right. Maybe if I would have became more of a jump shooter, if I became more of this, I wouldn't be sitting here at 36 years old asking myself, do I want to walk away from this game? But that's not me. You guys know me. When I'm into something, when I believe in something, I go 110% into it. And that's what I did. So I gave my body up. I gave my, my county up. I gave my money up. I gave everything up to, to, to get to that dream, that goal that I always wanted to get to. And that's the feeling of being a champion. That's the feeling of being a part of something that's bigger than you. 
I've always wanted that from where, where I grew up in the inner city of Chicago. I always want to be a part of something that was bigger than me. And this game has been that. It's been bigger than me. It's been bigger than how many points I can score. It's been bigger than how many times I hear my name in the stun lineup. It's been bigger than, it's been bigger than. So as I stand in front of this camera today, as I talk with nobody in this room, I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to my fans, and I want to say, along the journey the people that supported me before the world knew me, thank you. The ones that push me when I'm down, the ones that tell me I can keep doing it. My family, my wife, my mom, my sister, my, so forth and so on, thank you. But I also want to thank my fans along this journey, the ones that got a chance to know me, the ones that's tried to get a chance to know me. Thank you guys for the love, man. Like, Wade County, I have a county. A lot of you guys don't know because y'all look at us as superheroes. Kids look at you as superheroes. You guys see us on TV, y'all look at us as, as superheroes, but we're human. I lost somebody very important in my life. And when I lost, when I lost Hank, I lost a part of me. You know, I, I lost a part of the joy in the game of basketball. From a kid, we always play to make people proud. You want your mom proud, you want your dad proud. You know, at one point, I wanted my older brother proud. When Hank came in my life, I wanted Hank to be proud of me. Proud of his journey. And with him not being there last year, that was it. I lost something from this game. And me getting traded back to Miami, it helped. But it wasn't enough. Dang. <laughs> So this decision is bigger than the game of basketball. This decision don't have nothing to do with the talent that I have in my body. Yeah, I'm not as quick as I used to be. Yeah, I don't jump as high as I used to. And boy, I used to get up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. But it's things in this game that I have that I can write a book on, that I can still do and I can still accomplish with an organization, with a team, with the right individual, with the right coach, in the right situation. But it's a lot of things you guys don't know that we deal with. And I have dealt with this summer to make this decision. And this is the hardest decision that I've ever had to make. But it's one of the best decisions that I've had to make as well. To be in this position. To be in this position that I'm in. To have the career that I've had. I can't do nothing but smile on it. I can't do nothing but just enjoy it like I've had. So this decision is not easy. It's not. And I've asked myself why and why not and what and what not and all these things. And I've heard everything from my family to my fans around the world of what I should and shouldn't do. But I've always did things my way. Whether they've been good or whether they've been bad, I got here because I've done things the way that I feel is right for me and not right for my family. And what I feel is right, I feel it's right to ask you guys to join me for one last dance, for one last season. This is it. I've given this game everything that I have, and I'm happy about that. And I'm going to give it for one last season, everything else I have left. And when I walk away, I'm still going to love it. I'm still going to want to play it. I'm still going to miss the playoff moments. I'm still going to miss the crowd cheering my name. I'm still going to miss 20,000 booing for me. I said born for me because that's what they're doing. 
But I ask y'all, let's enjoy it. Let's have some joy through this last season. Let's push this young team over the hump and let's write our own story to the end of this career together, together. Season 1-6, internally we call it Sweet 16. It's coming to an arena.